Welcome to our team. This is Sarah Best. We have a question. The question is, why is it that Yudhis Kislev happens, comes out in the second half of the month? What's, what's the question? Because if you look at every holiday, every month, if it's in the first half of the month, or on the full moon, just go through all the holidays and see. Shavuot is the sixth. Of, you know, most Rosh Hashanah is the first of the month. Sukkot, Pesach, Purim, 15th of the month. First half of the month, you have all the revealed light. The, we are compared to the moon. The Mashpia is the sun. The Makabo is the moon. We are compared to the moon. We're Hashem's receiver. We're here to re- receive Hashem's light, at least all through God. We're the receiver. And we reflect some of His light. His real essence we only have a sneak preview or a sneak peek into from time to time. But most of the most of the holidays have to do with us. We had a Yeshua, Hashem saved us, we had a Yeshua, we did certain things and and you see, you know, we the the truth is we are the people who really light up the world. It's not visible most of the time. And this has been our battle throughout history. Asa between Esau and Yaakov, Esau got to pretend the fake news of Esau was, he's the leader. He's the influencer. You know, what do you do? I'm the social media influencer. He was the influencer. He was the one who said, I'm the boss over here. We knew stood for truth. We knew that Yaakov is really the Bukhar. Yaakov is the one, the man of truth. And Esau is the guy hanging out in the field, eat, drink, and be merry. We knew that. But Asaph got to get away with the fake news all through history that he is in charge. He's the Mashiach, we're the Makata. And that's way, the way Hashem it allowed it to look, even though we knew, knew we, we, they stood for fake, substanceless, hot air, which, which happened to become very influential. And we stood for quiet truth, which you know, was behind the scenes influential. So much later in history, after all these demonstrations in which we, at least on the 15th of the month, we, as compared to the moon, are shining fully. Most of our Yeshua's, our, our demonstrations, are reflected in that there is a moment in the month where it reflects us in our full shining, as will be in your Yemaisa Mashiach, as we will be. Or, if you could look under the surface, you would know we really are the ones who are shining. We're the light of the nations. Everything, as we say, everything is in that first half of the month when you see all that visible light, you know, boom, no wonder. There's all this visible light coming from Hashem, so we finally have the victory, the Yeshua, the salvation. Then comes along the first Yontif, so we have Hanukkah, we'll leave that to speak about on Hanukkah. Then comes along the Yontif of Yotet Kislev. It's specifically in the second half of the month. Very strange second half of the month, the moon is decreasing in its light. It's getting darker every day. A yuntus in a time when it's getting darker all the time? Ooh. We just had a yuntus, which is which seems to usher in a time in which it's getting darker all the time, and that was this year. Such an event should never be again. A horrifying, unspeakable event. 
true from that, you have all this tshuva and you have all these miracles happening, but the event itself was a very concealed yanko. Whoever danced hakakas on that shmini terrace at night, they certainly weren't dancing happily unless they got up for a very early minion. They certainly weren't dancing happily later on. I wonder how many shuls ever had hakakas. Very interesting in Eretz Yisrael. I wonder how many shuls ever ended up dancing hakakas. You know, did they go on with the hakafas, or did everybody fall apart? I don't know. You know, haven't heard any reports. But we're talking about, we're in a good test kisleif kind of a, um, um, an energy now, where the world seems to be getting darker by the minute, darker by the day, with peaks of light, with little breakthrough light here and there. So here's the question, why is Rosh Hashanah the second half of the month? And the truth is, I'll say one other thing. The second half of the month, as much as you see the visible light decreasing, there's more and more darkness every day. If you look at the, if you look at the days of the month, the numbers, look at, look at the numbers of the second half of the month. If, if it's really getting darker in the second half of the month, we should count like this. One, two, three, four, five, six. So 14, 15, minus 14, minus 13, minus 12, minus, that's how we should count the, the second half of the month. Because it's, Getting less, less light. Call the days by how much light there is. So we have these incredible numbers in the second half of the month. Yudchet, Chai, Kayach, Chaf Aleph, Chaf Keser, Yud Zayin Taiv, Yud Tes Bitaiv, Chaf Beis, Chaf um, etc., etc. Amazing days. How can you have amazing days if the light is getting weaker? Why shouldn't, shouldn't the amazing day be in the, sum, be in the first half of the month? And as we say, here comes this, so that's the question, here comes this yantif in the se- specifically in the half, second half of the month. And what is this yantif? It's Rosh Hashanah. It's Chage Chagin. Um, that's two things, and it's also Matan Taira, Tarisa Chassid. So the Maila, let's just look at it as being Rosh Hashanah and Matan Taira, Tarisa Chassid. The Maila of Rosh Hashanah and, and Matan Taira is, and Chagachagim, three things, three identities to this one day. It begins with the revelation of Tarisa Chassid, the Taira of Mashiach, Taira Chadashim Yitzhak. This test Kisle begins the revelation of the Tyrasa Shal Mashiach, the deepest secrets of Tyra, the Tyra that we'll have in the Mice Mashiach. And that's infinitely higher, it's infinitely higher than what we had in Matan Tyra. Matan Tyra, the Tyra is revealed in a more external way. The details of the Tyra, the laws of the Tyra, the, 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 the skeleton structure of the Tyra. But the filling deepest, deeper, deeper, deeper levels, that comes out on your test place. So the deeper understanding of Tyra, you can't compare. It's infinitely higher than the more external under, uh, learning Tyra. Because it says that the Tyra that we learn now in Ilam Haze is heavily compared to what we're going to learn. It's, it's heavily compared to the Tyre of Mashiach. 
And one of the main traditions of the Amaisa Mashiach over Matan is marriage. It says in the Nedrish, in Shmais Rabbah, a king who betrothes a woman and he, and he writes for her many gifts. You know, he, he promises for her many gifts. And then, um, there's the engagement and then there's, there's the, and then there's the, um, the actual marriage. So, so we have two stages in Hashem going through this marriage process. The, the, the first stage, Matan Paris, and the second stage, which is this Mashiach, when, which begins with your testicle, which is a real marriage, the real consonant. Because the main shlich shlamus, the fullness of this union of us with Hashem, is when we, he's no longer the Mashpi and we're the Makabo. That's not the whole, that's not the real, real union. The real, real union in Yemaisa Mashiach is, we will be one. We will be one unit. Meaning, and, and how will you see it? The light of the moon will be one with the light of the sun. There will no longer be this one bigger, this one smaller. They will be not equal partners. This is not, you know, you know, as it, 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 we can see it kind of reflected in the world, but they got it wrong. But it will be on a frequency of we will no longer just be the, the moon we are like the moon, receiving from the sun. We'll always be like the moon, but as receivers. But we will be as the moon becomes just like the sun, one with it. How is that possible? Come on, there's Hashem and there's us. How is that possible? So says Sarah, because it will be revealed. There is a truth that has always been true, but it's often not revealed. It's mostly not revealed, which is what? We and Hashem are one. So this is not some miracle. How is it possible? How is it possible that we will be one with Hashem? We always were. But we were. it was never revealed. We didn't have the vessels to reveal it, except at isolated moments. And the world didn't have the vessels to see it. Or the isolated moments, people gave their lives up. Al Kiddush Hashem, they said Shema Yisrael, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekin Hashem Achad, and they went Al Kiddush Hashem. It's interesting, and it's interesting that for years I kind of say the same concept that Yidden went Al Kiddush Hashem by saying Shema Yisrael, and now we all know we're getting all these videos where you see, for instance, you know, a man speaking in the in the European Parliament. I'm sure everybody's seen it. And he said the Jewish people will win, and and the land of Israel will Israel will win, and and the people of truth will win, and the Western world will win, etc. And then for sure you can see that it was unplanned. He suddenly finds himself standing up. He's not wearing a yarmulke. He's not religious. In Parliament, he's probably the only Jew in that Parliament. He covers he covers his head probably with his sleeve because it doesn't have a yarmulke. He didn't plan this. He didn't bring a yamuk in his pocket because he was going to do this. This was, it just jumped out of him. So he, he, 
he stands up, he covers his eyes, and he says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad. Everybody's shocked. It's such a, it's the phrase, it's the code with which Yidin gave their lives all Kiddush Hashem. And he's saying it. He's saying those code words in which, which people use to die. To give their lives over to Hashem and die. And he says them in the parliament. And then he sits down and everybody's wondering what's going to be next. And then he says, thank you for listening. And then everybody finally just claps. These are give your life up al-Kiddush Hashem words. And he says them and Baruch Hashem he lives. And two weeks later, his wife and children who were hostages come back to him. So we all know this. This is a shade of the future. This is second half of the month kind of a thing. Because it's, it's, it's glimmers of light, you know, in a dark, dark world that seems to be getting darker every day. So it comes out, we see it in the Kriyat of Rosh Hashanah and Matan Tarot The day that Yudas Kislev comes out expresses what it's all about. What is it about? The beginning of the revelation of the Nisuyim, of the marriage of Yemais and Mashiach. The beginning of the revelation of the marriage of Yemais and Mashiach. Whose marriage? What marriage? Us with Hashem. You can only have that kind of marriage of Yemais and Mashiach after the fullness of the moon. After it's been revealed as much as we possibly can, who we are and what we are, then after that moment, then comes out a whole other level. And what is this showing on? The shlamus of the fullness of the moon, it receives as much as it possibly can from the sun, and then starts a whole new frequency. It's received as much as it can possibly receive. It's full. No more receptibility. It's taken in everything it can. And it's shining everything that it can as a receiver. Now starts something totally different. In fact, maybe we can derive from that. We don't know. Since we seem to be in the second half of the month kind of an energy... Maybe. We've taken in from Hashem. Maybe. I, I'm certainly, I don't know. As much as we could as receivers. And now our task, our mission, is to become those who shine into the world the light of Hashem without anyone experiencing any separation between us and Hashem. Maybe. Because that's what the second half of the month is about, and that's what you said Kiss is about. The fact that Yudhis Kislev is in the second half of the month hints at the shlamus of the moon as it it got what it could and now it's getting close to its mashpia, to the sun, in order to become one with it. That's the energy of this half of the month. The receiver starts to got what it could from its, from its giver, from its mashbiya, and starts to get close to 
that starts to get close to its its mashpia to be no longer not just receive more no to become one with its mashpia and we're going to look a little just at at um, something very powerful the kviyas when Yudhis Kislev happened, it happened on Tuesday. And there's much in that, but let's look at, for a minute, the number 19. Okay, we got it. The beginning of revealing the, the Tairasa of Tairasa Shal Mashiach begins in the second half of the month. It's not about visible light. It's about invisible light. It's about the essence of things, the truth in things. It's not about, the first half of the month is about how people decide to present themselves. And they can fool everybody. Asa fooled everybody for a few thousand years and said, I'm the Mashpia. And we kept saying, no, 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 we're the Mashpia. And Asa said, what are you talking about? Leave my country immediately. Look, we have all the money and power. And we push you around and tell you what, what, what to do. How can you be the Mashpia? And Esau got away with this fake news for all of history until now. But, but, so the second half of the month is the truth starts to come out. The essence of things, which is in essence, the essence of something, essence, you can't lie. On that level, That's what's coming out now. But why does Yudhesk's life come out on Yudhesk, the 19th? So, it's Rosh Hashanah. Um, let's look at the number Yudhesk. Yudhesk shows on what's called the Milui of Shem Havaya. Shem Havaya is Hashem as he expresses himself in a miraculous way. Not in nature. When Hashem wants to show himself in nature, everything's very natural, very regular. He expresses himself as Shem Elohim. When he expresses himself in a more miraculous way that seems to defy nature, he, he expresses himself as Yud Ke Vav Ke. So take this, these four letters, Yud and He and Vav and He. Um, if you, you know, Yud is, spell it out. You know, Yud, Vav, Dalad, you know, and then Hey, Hey, and Aleph. You know, just write it out, Yud, and Hey, and Vav. Not just the first letter. Leave off, leave off the first letter, leave off the Yud and the Hey and the Vav and the Hey, and take all those other letters. Give you a whole bunch of letters. Because you're spelling out Yud, Yud, Vav, Yud, Vav, Dalad. Spell out all those words in full. Then add up all those letters, the gematria of all of those letters, other than the first letter of the word. And all of those letters end up, add up to 19. What is that telling us? For people who don't like math, it's not very interesting. But what is that telling us? The part of Hashem that you don't see. The part of Hashem that you do see a little bit is Yud, K, Vav, K. Wow. We know Yud, K, Vav, K, and he's making all these miracles. But there are all these pieces to his miraculous self. that you don't really see. All those fill-in letters, all of those fill-in letters 
All of those filling letters add up to 19. So 19 is talking to us about, it denotes the reality that's very powerful that you aren't seeing with your eyes. We're not seeing with our eyes. And not only that, that think about Lagba Eimer. Lagba Eimer is also one of those days, those mystical days. Lagba Eimer is Matan Tyra of Mister of Tyra. Matan Tyra of the hidden part of Tyra. That's what Lagba Eimer is. And it starts on Yotchef in the month. Because Matan Tyra of the hidden part of Tyra is in a way that the essence remains revealed. Oh, sorry, remains hidden. We aren't able to get it. The essence of Hashem, the essence of truth that comes from Lagba Eimer is, has not been through the centuries something that we could digest fully. That's why it came out in the day of Yud Ches, like the essence, essential Chayas, Chay the essence, that you can't really see. You can't see a person's essence essential chayas. You can't really digest it either. But matan tayr tayr tachasidis. What does it do? It's much higher than the lagbainer. Mitzvah kislev is much higher than lagbainer because it explains the hidden part of tayra in a way that you can digest it and understand it. I mean, how many people well, can understand Kabbalah? Zaihar. What do we have from, from Lagba Eimer? Kabbalah, Zaihar, etc. Even if they print it in English, doesn't mean it. we can't get it. It's not very digestible for us unless we're very great mystical scholars. It doesn't pride itself on being digestible. That's not what it's about. It's about expressing the hidden levels of, 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 of truth, of Hashem, of Kaira, but not necessarily in a digestible way. That's not what it's supposed to do. So it is our essential chayat, It's our life force and the life force of everything in creation and the life force everything outside of creation. Never claim to be digestible or comprehensible to you. It's chai, it's life. Life that you can't quite understand, life. But then yud test kislev is a whole other thing. Good test kislev is take all of that life force, the essential life, essential truth, all of that, and it becomes digestible and comprehensible. As it says, in a way of Havana Vasaga. That's a whole other thing. The essence starts to be revealed. And you can understand it. The day that the essence starts to be revealed, and you can understand the essence. This is something brand new in history. That day begins on the day of Yud Tet. The Mili of Shem Havai, the day after Yud Tet, the day after Chai. What happens when you're in touch with life force? It's amazing. You just don't understand what you're looking at. But the next day, it starts to be brought down and it starts to become available for you to digest and understand. So Yud Tet is, as we said, the Mili of Shem Havaya. All of the hidden letters in Shem Havaya, that's they all add up to your test. It's the revelation of all the stuff that's normally hidden. You don't have access to it. Suddenly you have access to it. 
those all of those letters. That's the hidden stuff. And you get to see them through your test system. So So to sum up, when we're seeing that, as we said already, through Yitzhak's Kislev, we have a sneak preview, also through Hanukkah, but in a different way. Through Yitzhak's Kislev, we have a sneak preview to the light is not only embedded in the darkness, that is the darkness. The darkness is a, it may be, maybe, I'm not going to say for sure, a concentrated form of light, so contracted, so concentrated. We can't see, we can't understand what it is. We just see darkness. Now, what's the, the mila of that? I mean, in practical terms, nobody wants darkness, and we shouldn't want darkness. There's only one catch to it. That in that stuff, there's the light of Mashiach in it. So we want the light of Mashiach, we just don't want the wrapping paper, which we're correct in not wanting. It's not like we have to get ourselves used to accepting a nasty wrapping paper for beautiful light of Mashiach. We shouldn't. And we're told by Tyra, you know, demand of Hashem, nice wrapping paper for nice light. But if there's, God forbid, one single more second of darkness, we need to know what we're seeing. And to switch to, so what do we do with that? One of the things we want to realize is that maybe there will even be darkness in Yemaisa Mashiach, but a totally different type of darkness. And we have been invited for many years now, you know, by the Rebbeim, to embrace a whole new level of darkness so that we don't have to have actual darkness. What darkness is that? The darkness is called Yegiya Bitaira. Toil and Tyra. Struggle and Tyra. We got used to, somehow in this generation, you know, you sit down at a shear and somebody tells you all the yummy secrets. Like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, my goodness, that's such a, amazing. You write it down. You say it over at the Shabbos table. You've got a bunch of, you know, very, uh, well, fascinating thoughts, amazing little kernels of, of secrets, of the Tyra. You know, and everybody's happy. But where's the Yagiyah? Where's the dark part of it? It's very light. You go to a shear, oh, very light, very lifted. Where's the darkness? The darkness comes through struggling to understand Tyra. And there's a, an incredible power there. And, and, and through doing it, we get to negotiate with Hashem and say, Take this darkness and let this be, let us be yaisa with this darkness. And that's it. No, no actual practical darkness, God forbid. And it could be that that darkness will still exist, although all darkness will be eliminated. I don't know, but in Yemaisa Mashiach, that one may, may, may remain. What does it mean practically? It means that if I have a question in Tyra, why demand an answer immediately? You know, okay, what does Tyra say about this? Why not Meditate on it. Do his bunnaness on the idea. Struggle with the idea. Look at your life. Compare, take that idea and run it through your life. And, and use it as a, use it as a, um, you know, superimpose 
now you see on the computer, you know, there's one pi- a picture superimposed on another. You see, you, you, every time there's a Ferengian in 770, they have, um, the thing in the Alter Rebbe's Nigun, and then they superimpose, they have a big picture of, of, of the Rebbe's face, you know, sitting at the Ferengian, but kind of over, you know, superimposed over the crowd. And you feel it. You know, Lahabdil and other things too. Everybody can do it. You know, you superimpose one picture over another, so it's sort of transparent, but you see it over, you know, over the picture. One picture is superimposed over another. What we're saying is that when we come to a concept in Tyra, take that question. Don't immediately, that's my thought, don't immediately demand some expert teacher give you the answer so now you no longer have a question. The question is your best friend. The question is your personal darkness that is sweet. The struggle of saying, I wonder what that means. Instead of demanding an answer immediately, take that question and superimpose the, the, the picture of that question over everything that is happening in your life that day, that week, that month, and see what results you come up with. See what answer you come up with. See what understanding of this question that you had you receive from Hashem in a way of Orchayzer. And no doubt you will be able through this to reveal a depth in that concept of Tyra that no one else ever revealed before in all of history. And that does not come through sitting in a shir and listening to the expert tell you all the answers. They already did their struggle. Now they're giving you a ready product. You know, you know, the, just put in the microwave meal. It's already set to heat up. You know, just take off the foil, put it in the microwave, heat it up. It's all, everything's done, done for you. But the dark part, which is not, it's a sweet darkness, the struggle, the trying to figure out, wait, what is that really? What does that really mean? What does that really mean in my life? This is the sweetness of the learning of Tyra of in Mashiach time, I believe. And certainly in Gullus, as we are at this moment in history, it is the sweet one of the sweetest things we have access to. The toiling, Yagia toiling in Tyra. Toiling with a concept, toiling with a question that until now you didn't have an answer to. And often the case is that most of the teachers also don't have an answer to it. And that's good. That the, the, the relative darkness of that toil is one of the sweetest things that you can do. And when you derive an answer from this darkness, you're getting an answer straight from the etham of Hashem, the etham of Sayyid, the etham of truth, the etham of your own soul, the etham of the truth in you and the spark of Mashiach in you that knows truth and simply have to just make the connections and derive from everything, from your journey in life, the truth as you superimpose Tyra on your life, amazing things will come out. So now we understand Yud Tes Kisle, being in the second half of the month, it is completely about that. 
and more, and more. That's a fraction of what it's about. But I'm just saying on a personal level, that's what Yatiscus Lady is. And so, and, and as it says, you know, this is the day, the beginning of your work. May we embrace that, step into it. It's Rosh Hashanah. Boom, Rosh Hashanah. Everything that you know about Rosh Hashanah, that will be in a few days on, on Yates Kisle. It's Chagachamim, the holiday of all holidays. It's the marriage between us and Hashem. It's so rich. And it's rich in a way of enabling you to step into an entirely different way of Avaita that's about the sweetest Avaita that there is. It's not a half Avaita like, oh, no, I know I better do it. I don't really feel like doing it. Maybe I'll drink some coffee and get myself to do it. It is the yummiest, sweetest Avaita of discovering truth from within your own journey from Tyra, unifying with your own journey in life. It's about the sweetest thing. It comes in a little strange wrapping paper. It's about the sweetest thing. So we may we find ourselves, this Yotis Kisle, jumping into not only the beginning of, but the full Gula Amitis Vashlema, find ourselves in the base of Mitzvah Shlishi immediately now. <laughs>